It doesn't matter how big the Navy's fleet is on paper if ships and submarines spend too much time in maintenance and repair docks. But that's exactly what they're doing. Thanks to change orders from the Navy and problems with shipyard performance, vessels tend to spend months and months longer in repair than they're supposed to. We get the latest analysis from the Director of Defense Capabilities and Management Issues at the Government Accountability Office, Diana Maurer. And Ms. Maurer, good to have you back. It seems like we were just through talking about the F-35 and its maintenance problems, and now the decks that it's supposed to land on themselves. 75% of repairs took longer than they should. Tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to be back on the show again, Tom. And we just issued a report a couple of weeks back that looked at the Navy's track record. We focused on the nuclear-powered Navy, so aircraft carriers and submarines. We looked at a five-year period, very robust data set. And you're absolutely right. 75% of the time, submarines and aircraft carriers were late. And we're not talking late by a little bit. When aircraft carriers were late, they were late on average about four months. And when submarines were late, they were late on average by more than uh, seven months. These are extended periods of time. Those periods of time, six, seven months, those are practically as half as long as deployments themselves, too. Absolutely. By comparison, when the maintenance period runs long on a submarine, it means it can't perform its operational mission. It can't perform training. But it also creates a traffic jam, right? Because there are other submarines waiting to go into the dry docks, waiting to go into the shipyards for repair. The Navy has a very elaborate plan because it needs to. And when something is late, it has downstream effects. So it's not just the one submarine that's late. It has implications for all the subs that are supposed to be coming later. And you mentioned two main causes for this. One of them is that they are change orders or the unplanned work, which is added as they go. That's a little easier to understand than shipyard workforce and performance and capacity. So let's talk about the Navy's role in delaying this. What kind of work do they add? Like, well, why don't you put in a better bread-making mixer while you're at it or that kind of thing? Well, so what ends up happening is the Navy starts planning two and a half years in advance for the things it wants to fix on the submarines and aircraft carriers. And that's updated over a period of time. But essentially, it's a list of things that need to be fixed. And it's sort of like the scheduled maintenance on your car, right? You're going to go in, you want to take it into the shop, you want to get the transmission fixed, you want new tires, and you want a little bit of work done on the engine. The Navy does the same thing. Unplanned work occurs when the Navy starts trying to fix the things on the aircraft carrier or the subs, and they find other things also need to be fixed, things that they had not anticipated. That creates additional work, and it takes more time. And the shipyard workforce and performance capacity, that seems to be a little bit more troubling in some sense. Yeah, exactly. So we found that, among other things, there were concerns about not having enough workers to do the work. So there are instances where maintenance was delayed because there literally weren't enough people to do the work. There were also problems at times with the quality of the work being performed. To try to compensate for these workforce issues, one of the things the Navy is doing is relying excessively on overtime, right? That's built into their planning process. They plan for a certain level of overtime. That's appropriate. We found that the Navy was consistently working the shipyard workers well in excess of these levels. It happened every year, at every public shipyard we looked at as part of our review. And when the Navy finds things in dry dock or in dock for repair that it didn't anticipate, and that causes delays and more overtime, 
what is it they don't know about their own vessels that is showing up only after, say, you know, the lid, so to speak, is taken off and they start diving into the recesses on these planned maintenances? Part of the issue is that a number of factors go into it. One is that while submarines and aircraft carriers are on deployment, the crews are supposed to be devoting time to periodic ongoing maintenance. For a variety of reasons, that isn't happening as frequently as it should. They have operational responsibilities. Sometimes their deployments are extended, so it puts additional wear and tear on both of the systems. That's also a factor. You got to understand these are systems that have been heavily used for the last couple of decades, if not longer. So there's a lot of wear and tear. A third factor with submarines in particular is submarine is basically a long tube. So one of the ways that it was explained to us during one of our team site visits, it's like fixing a submarine. It's like fixing the engine on your car through the glove compartment. So if you find something unexpected, it has a tremendous ripple effect for all the other things you're trying to do. We're speaking with Diana Maurer. She is Director of Defense Capabilities and Management Issues at the Government Accountability Office. I guess the submarines are like a lot of products. They're designed to be put together, but not necessarily to be maintained when you go open the hatches. Exactly. And so what were your recommendations? Can anything be done about this? I mean, they've got the subs they've got. There's new ones under construction, but those, I imagine, have the same potential issues. Right. So the Navy leadership is paying greater attention and putting greater focus on this as an issue, which is very encouraging. There's greater congressional focus and attention, which is fantastic. In this report, we made uh, three recommendations. One is that the Navy should take a look at this extensive use of overtime, see if, see if there are ways to either make it used less frequently or take a look at their workload planning factors. Something is probably not being planned properly if they have to consistently rely on overtime. So the overtime was one. Uh, the Navy has an ongoing initiative to examine the root causes of why things are consistently laid. It's known as performance to plan. We recommended that they complete work on the, the measures that they're doing to make sure that they're make, achieving success. That's the second recommendation. And the third is that we think that this performance to plan effort should be plugged in to a broader effort that includes higher level goals as well as continued leadership attention. If they do these three things, we think they'll be in better position to turn these things around in a timely way. And do you feel that there could be long-term better ways of designing ships or maybe uh, and submarines so that they are easier to maintain? Could that be part of it? That certainly is part of it. Uh, we issued a report earlier this year that looked at, uh, frankly, a number of cases where the Navy did not pay sufficient attention to the future sustainment needs, how to fix things while they were building new systems. And so there's a, as you're building new things, there's a tendency to focus on what's add the new technology, let's get the, 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 you know, let's try to figure out ways to cut costs. They're not thinking sufficiently about how we're going to maintain and sustain this 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road. Yeah, because you mentioned that the uh, yards say, and the Navy says, it's like fixing the engine through the glove compartment, but cars have a thing called a hood in front, so it's easier to get in there. So maybe the equivalent of the hood on the submarine could be designed in when they when they first lay the keels and decide what these things are going to look like. Right. That's something they can certainly think about. With a submarine, that's that's especially challenging because, you know, they, they're operating hundreds of feet below the water. So there are technical limitations on how much you how much of a hood you can have on a sub. But there's certainly things they can do to help um, have informed decisions about sustainment while they're building it brand new. 
And finally, did you explore or has the Navy ever explored maybe more frequent but shorter maintenance such that every time they return, there's a little something done so that they don't have these big six, seven, eight, nine-month in-dock situations in the first place? Yeah, that, that's, that is a great point. There are different kinds of maintenance that are done on aircraft carriers and submarines during their life cycle. We are going to be soon starting a review looking at exactly what you were just talking about, Tom, which is sort of intermediate level maintenance. You know, How is that being conducted? Is it being conducted appropriately? Uh, that's certainly a bigger part of the overall for to address this problem. But the bottom line really is it's taken the Navy many years to get in this situation. And unfortunately, it's going to take them some time to get themselves out. Um, there's attention, there's focus. That needs to continue for them to be able to turn these, these large, important systems around on time. Diana Maurer is Director of Defense Capabilities and Management Issues at the Government Accountability Office. As always, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.